Hi, I'm Shelly Sargari. I'm the Marketing Strategy and Content Manager at Gensel Energy. In the long run, actually, digitization is driving decarbonization. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Shelly. I'm so happy to have you on Well Technically. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Excellent. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about hydrogen fuel cell technology and how that is helping the telecom industry move towards better sustainability. But before we do that, Shelly, what's an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Well, Catherine, I think, honestly, throughout my career that... um, Being a woman is an empowering thing. And I think we're blessed to be women because uh, it really um, gives us a broader perspective on the world, uh, gives gives me anyway, a big picture. And I think we we have more consideration for the needs of others and especially because we worry about our next generation, right? This is what drives me to be concerned about climate and environment. Being a woman empowers us with empathy to listen to other people. Um, I myself, I worked for years in high tech and uh, software, you know, trying to make applications go faster and be more efficient, and it didn't really move my soul. So I decided to move into the clean energy field and um, in, in tandem with my uh, day job, I started uh, volunteering um, I set up a women in clean energy circle on the lean in platform, if you're familiar, which offers mentoring and networking for women to help women go through the glass ceiling. And I'm really excited to help other women that have been in traditional energy sector to move towards clean energy, making a big leap and empowering us to be part of the transition that the world needs. Very cool. I I like how you're connecting Um, the need for better sustainability practices with um, empowering women. Because I think when you talk about climate change and the impacts of that, we all know it's going to impact different people in different parts of the world, different genders, um, different cultures differently because of systems of oppression that are already in place, to to put it bluntly. Um, We know that Americans are going to be impacted differently than others in other countries, and that the women in some of those countries or even right here in the States are going to be perhaps impacted differently than um, other other groups of people. So it is climate change. It is uh, an issue of gender equality. It is an issue of race equality, all of these sorts of things. So it's it's important to, to remember that sometimes when talking about it, what's really at stake here and how what's at stake is different for different people. So I like that you're kind of thinking of these two things um, as one one of the same conversation. So that's cool. And to kind of delve a bit deeper into that and why you're doing what you're doing right now and why you're at GenCell. So maybe um, let's start at the beginning, or at least what I'm considering the beginning for me, which is, can you walk me through the evolution of GenCell solutions for telecom and how the power sources used throughout this evolution differ from one another? 
Oh, sure. That, thank you. That's a great question. So, so gen cells started out, you know, we produce in the first place alkaline fuel cells. And a fuel cell for anybody who might not be aware is an electrochemical generator, meaning that you take hydrogen and you mix it with oxygen from the air and, and the reaction releases electricity that we can use for power and the only byproduct is water. So a fuel cell is a really cool technology. It's been around for a long time. They used it in NASA and NIR, you know, for the space, uh, for the for astronauts to both have power and drink water, actually. But um, it is an expensive technology, and Gensel came to the market to adapt that space technology to applicate for applications on Earth. So we're doing a lot of cost reduction activities, and the first generation of commercial products we came out with are fuel cells for backup power. Um, you know, for any application that cannot tolerate a power outage. And, you know, really that's important for many, many applications. And now with climate, um, you know, with, with more frequent and more severe climate incidents, um, weather incidents that are impacted by climate, you know, we need more resilient power. So our first um, product on the market called today the GenCell Box, it offers hydrogen to power. It's a very resilient, reliable um, fuel cell that uses hydrogen to provide backup power for as long as it's needed. But once we brought this hydrogen fuel cell to the market, we became more and more aware of the challenges of the hydrogen supply chain because hydrogen, you know, is a little tiny molecule. It's very, very voluminous, very light. It, you know, goes away. It's a very, very um, it's not it's not efficient energetically to um, store or transport hydrogen because you either have to invest a lot of energy to um, you know to condense it into um, or so that, you know under pressure as gas or you have to uh, or you have to invest a huge amount of energy cryogenically to liquefy it. And that makes the whole process, uh, you know, maybe depending on, you know, on the scale, it could be problematic. So we looked for a better way to store and transport hydrogen. And the solution we came to is ammonia. Ammonia is one of the most um, commonly used chemicals in the world for um, fertilizers and uh, refrigerants. And all. it's very uh, safe uh, material that's used in many different applications. And NH3 ammonia has three times the hydrogen density of hydrogen it gets. So if you take a tank of ammonia, effectively, we developed a patented ammonia cracker and we put it next to the fuel cell and then it can extract hydrogen from that ammonia. And effectively you have the tank stand there um, and can extract energy from it 24 seven and run you know, on its own standalone as an off-grid solution. Um, with no maintenance, you know, you need to go there every six months or a year, depending on the power load, to um, replace the fuel. So that is go that solution, which is now called the Densel Fox. I, I was in charge of the naming, so it's Fox because it's smart and uh, small and runs around. To hey, all kinds look, that's that's my fox. That's his name. <laughs> He's also smart and runs around. <laughs> that's so cool did you get it from the I, I think another woman on another episode was talking about a fox is it the same fox 
it is not the same fox she was talking about um it, the fox was a symbol fox of, yeah which is a symbol of how she approaches work um i believe it's <laughs> type of, of book or, or program around that I, I did not mention in that instance that my cat's name is fox but you named <laughs> fox and also for the reasons you know you described basically my cat who happens to also That's be named cool. fox to get back to our, um, uh, to finish the point, basically, the Gensel Fox is now um, in um, beta testing, final field testing, and should come out next year. And um, it's already being used for, and we passed, I think, 1,500 hours in the last field test. And so that was stage two. And basically, um, technology companies, you know, if they're authentic, they have to evolve every time they learn new problems. So we realized having this ammonia solution is really cool, but in a world where we're aspiring to achieve carbon neutrality and zero emissions, it's not good enough because the ammonia was produced, right? And during the production of ammonia, which is usually using the Haber-Bosch process, a very old and, and well-known um, way to produce ammonia, but you do it from natural gas using steam methane reforming and you, um, and you basically uh, release a lot of emissions as you're doing it. So um, in order to come up with a fully zero emission well to wheel uh, process, we in our R&D are now looking at producing green ammonia, meaning taking air, water, and sunshine, and actually producing ammonia that's zero emissions. And our, our vision is to, um, it, it's kind of a contra to the big utilities, right? Where you have a big centralized uh, utility that's producing megawatts of power to scale. And then you have to spend a lot of money and energy to transmit it to different places and all these transformers along the way and all that stuff. Instead, we're looking at the distributed energy model where different local places can take can produce the green ammonia on the site, right? With water, air, and sunshine. And then next to it, they, they then produce the ammonia. They store the ammonia in a tank for as long as they need it. And when they need to the power, they extract the hydrogen from the ammonia and, and put it into the fuel cell and produce the power. So it's like a completely green circle, um, like a cycle uh, that will be well to wheel, totally green, giving you clean energy independence everywhere. And, and using a, a solution like that obviously will be very resilient because you won't be dependent on something that if there's a storm, then the wires go down or the pipe breaks or something like that. It's right next to you and, and there'll be less chances for um, interferences along the way. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's um, great how the company kept trying to refine and improve you know, its product and its solution and the way that, that it did things. And I think a lot of other companies can, can learn from, from that desire to, to keep evolving and uh, improving. So I, I feel like you, you did a great job of kind of explaining some of the, the challenges or problems that Gencel had to solve when developing these solutions. But let's kind of look at um, some of the challenges maybe your, your telco customers might have. So what are some of the biggest obstacles for them as they look to reduce their carbon emissions? 
Okay, well, you know, it's, a, it's not easy to be a telecom company, right? They have the biggest job in the world, if you ask me, and look at the COVID pandemic as proof of that, right? Because all of a sudden, all of us are dependent on our telecom for connectivity, continuous connectivity. It's what kept our society going, right? And basically, you have a huge paradox that the world wants to digitize. We want more and more digitization, right? Um, but don't misunderstand. The digitization is consuming far more power now than before. So while the world is talking about decarbonization and telecom companies want to reduce their use of power or certainly reduce their use of fossil fuel power, they actually need lots more power than they did before. Think about 5G, you have so much more equipment, you have more network, you have more transmission sites, and then add in the IoT, you know, with all the sensors and new IoT projects. According to a study published by the Data Center Forum in 2021, the 5G ecosystem is going to see a 160% increase in power requirements by 2030. So this digitization seems really problematic, right? Since it's working for us, but it's not serving our green objectives. However, what the telecom uh, industry discovered is that in the long run, actually digitization is driving decarbonization. How is this? Because if you, if you, it really reduces carbon emissions by driving broad indirect carbon emission reductions. Think about it like um, if we're talking about e-commerce, right? So you have fewer people driving in the store, telemedicine, smart farming, all these use cases are enabling us to actually reduce the amount of power that we needed to use our earlier methods of, um, of carrying out these, these use cases. For example, in 2021, Deutsche Telekom, including its scope one, two, three supply chain, emitted 4.9 million metric tons of carbon dioxide from the power that they were uh, consuming, right? That's a lot, 5 million metric tons. But in the same year, Deutsche Solutions enabled their customers to save 23.35 million metric tons. So it's a factor of 4.8 to one. The digitization offers us huge value, but at the same time, they're consuming more power and this is an issue. So what's the takeaway? Find alternative clean solutions to power this digitization. So how are they doing it? They're looking to transition to green resources um, in all the different opportunities. You know, they're buying, uh, they're doing purchase power purchase agreements for solar, wind, electricity, and you'll see, you can read all about that. At the same time, the telecom needs to power the equipment continuously in wherever it is, right? I mean, we need telecom ubiquitously in every place quality of life today can't really exist without um, without connectivity, right? Everybody wants connectivity. So in places, in remote locations, there are poor grid and off grid, it's much more problematic. And until now, they've been using diesel generators, which are polluting their soil and their air and causing all kinds of issues, right? So look, the challenge is to move to cleaner solutions. So some of those are sun and wind, but they're not available every hour. And they have batteries, but you know, the batteries require cooling and all of these solutions, whether it's the diesel generators or the 
for the solar panels or the batteries, they're in those locations are frequently stolen or vandalized. So they really need, um, they need alternatives to, and, and that's where um, we see offering hydrogen and ammonia fuel cells into their energy mix to run network operations and edge computing scenarios, as well as for powering towers and base stations. I did have one other cool fact I was gonna share with you. Some 88% of the poor and off-grid towers, which is approximately 300,000 towers, are still running on pollutant diesel fuel. And this is pouring some 7 million tons of, of uh, carbon dioxide into our uh, environment. So we still aspire to, this is where Gentle is hoping to say no to diesel and clean up some of that pollution. Yeah, there's still a long way to go for, for telecom, but I'd say every industry. And so you mentioned Deutsche Telekom, and I, I know you, you recently partnered with them. So maybe we can kind of um, add on to what you were saying about the progress they're making. And what more can you tell me about the work that, that you're doing with, with that customer? Oh, sure. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm really uh, impressed by everything they do, you know, in alignment with their sustainable, uh, their sustainability objectives by the end of 2021, 100% production of all its electricity would be sourced to renewable energy. And that's why they entered an innovation collaboration with Gensel to enable carbon free energy production for their mobile sites. So today they've been sourcing all their renewable energy, 100% of their renewable energy through power purchasing agreements. But at the same time, you know, they want to also power their fixed and mobile sites with clean power. And to maintain, at the same time, they need to maintain the quality of service to their customers. So their power has to be reliable and stable. For that reason, the intermittent sources that they have, you know, the solar and the wind that are not continuous have to be paired up with resilient, reliable energy generation and storage. So that's the reasoning behind how uh, Deutsche got interested in gen cells, fuel cells and, and our hydrogen to power and ammonia to power technology and the vision we have going forward. And we're, we, so we started talking about how we can uh, provide solutions for their, for their towers and their other fixed sites. And we're very proud to have successfully completed together the first lab test of our Gensel Box backup operations extender, um, which was designed for telecom. And they tested it in Israel. And, and after this success, they decided to display the box at their booth at NWC in Barcelona this February. So it's really exciting to be there with them and their other suppliers and to be part of the Deutsche Telekom story moving towards um, intelligent energy management. Going forward, we're collaborating with them now to carry out extended testing of the Gensel box at a live mobile site in Germany. So in hybrid sites together with uh, solar and batteries and to show that the whole system can work with no connection to the grid. And in parallel, we're carrying out another test with them of our ammonia-based off-grid power solution, which is extracting hydrogen demand from liquid ammonia. We launched that off-grid solution at MWC, the Gensel Fox. So we launched it broadly and we got interest also from many other telecoms. So that's today already, we have that project being deployed in Romania, Greece, Iceland, and some other spots beyond Deutsche. But obviously we're very interested because part of our agreement with Deutsche means that once we finish the field tests of the box and the fox, and if they are pleased with everything, then 
there's a, a guarantee. Well, there'll be pro, not a guarantee to use it, but of course they'll they'll be promoting it across the Deutsche Telekom group, and that's you know a lot of opportunity to reduce a lot of carbon dioxide emissions. That's all very exciting. And for my last question, I want to kind of broaden the conversation a little bit here and, and just ask you what other trends or shifting mindsets around climate action that, that you're seeing in the telecom industry. I have to say that I read about a lot of markets because, you know, we don't deal only with telecom, but honestly, the telecom industry is one of the most dedicated and authentically committed to moving towards um, towards uh, climate action. And one of the great things about, um, about the telecom industry is how well organized they are. So you can see that the, the industry-wide, they're trying to move to renewable energy by working together. There's a bunch of initiatives from the GSMA and the NGMN and other industry associations that are creating and promoting strong industry-wide policies and regulations. So for example, 80% of telcos participated in the GSMA's carbon disclosure program, which is like an amazing thing if you stop and think about it, because it's it's a voluntary choice to disclose how much carbon they're, they're using. And telcos have also loudly committed to science-based targets and to carbon neutrality and zero emissions. Basically, in the UN-backed race to zero, they recognize the telco sector as one of the sectors first to break through where 36% of the industry are committed to net zero uh, targets. Um, You know, climate is a huge challenge. The world is already warmer and telcos know firsthand the impact of these increasing extreme weather events on, on on their operations from more storms and flooding and droughts. It's causing terrible impact on business continuity. And in these circumstances, you know, telcos are there to connect billions of people. So to summarize, I would say that reducing carbon emissions is critical for climate resilience, and it's crucial to keep telecom networks running in severe weather conditions. So going forward, when we construct telecom sites, we need zero emission backup power as a prerequisite because more and more we are we have to be prepared for these increasingly frequent and increasingly severe climate related weather disasters fuel cell solutions help to bridge between the need for continuous connectivity to drive digitization and the need for resilient green power to withstand extreme weather conditions caused by this climate crisis shelly thank you so much for this conversation it's been really interesting and i i appreciate some of the things you said in in that last answer there, kind of some insight into how the telecom industry is faring when it comes to to making climate action and and improving uh, sustainability. It's nice to hear that they seem truly and genuinely committed. Um, It's nice to have that insight. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was a real pleasure to be with you. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Catherine. I look forward to continuing to be close to my family. Well Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.